This is it. 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 Hey, I hope that you are having a great day, ladies and gentlemen. We appreciate you tuning in to another episode of The Twin Radio. Um, before we get started, I got to let you know who is in the B.I. It's your girl, KTZ. What up, everybody? Mm-hmm. And y'all already know, it's your boy. And if you don't know, yes, I'm yours truly, your boy, The Twin. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go, let's go. So I'm excited about this week's show, KTZ. I said, anytime, just let yeah. me know. I'm like, good to go. Don't say, look, ayo, don't, yo, ayo, 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 ayo. Hey, look, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, if you paid attention, um, this episode is celebrating the history, or should I say celebrating 50 years of the history of hip-hop and the culture. 50 years of hippity-hop. All right, okay. So, because we are celebrating hip-hop, it's only right that this episode we kind of did a little bit different than we normally do our layout of our show. How so? Well, um, pretty much because with this episode, we want to make sure that we talk about people's perspective of the definition of uh, hip-hop, uh-huh. as well as contributions to the culture of hip-hop itself mm, you made contributions to hip-hop as being a dj hey i mean i'm blessed by god that i have had a passion since a young lad to want to be able to put my footprints in the sand of hip-hop i, I mean no this for you i want to be honest man i thank god for it you know and on this episode we get to actually hear from some professionals in the industry they have also put their um or should i say made their mark in the history of hip-hop and actually still is involved making moves you're talking about professionals that's a good word for because you got i mean they professionals (laughs) all right hey man i thank god for the blessings you know because you just keep them overflowing all right so in this week's show ladies and gentlemen before we kick it off ktc man let me know what's your definition of hip-hop my definition of hip-hop is feel good culture that that diddy bop groove Mm -hmm. that you just can't shake there's summertime outside with the popsicles like with the water hose. That is hip hop to me. It's just that feel good, that groove that you get in, that just your your best way to express yourself. That's what hip hop is to me. And I say hip hop is like this is real real hip hop is different from rap to I me. You know what I'm saying? It's right. different from R and B, it's different from rap. It's 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 a real groove right it's a it's a real groove you know and um pretty much um it's it's its own vibe it's its own wave it's its own sound it's its own uh you know i'm gonna be honest it's its own empire and you know what else is it i think hip-hop is it's for everybody yeah and it is i'm gonna be but but i'm gonna say we created it but it has influenced the world. Literally. It has influenced the world. 
Um, and in today's show, ladies and gentlemen, you all get to hear from like what I said earlier, professionals in the industry have long history of their contributions to hip hop. And we want to make sure that you all get an opportunity to hear it directly from the horse's mouth. Now, we've had the liberty of getting these great people on the phone and spend a little time with us as they express their definition of hip hop as well as what they done and what they doing, man. It's, you got a great show lined up. So, DJ D-Twin, what is your definition of hip hop? Um, And for real, to me... I mean, one thing I remember is I was impacted by 90s hip-hop culture, mm. okay? Um, Bad Boy era, mm. Rough Riders. Oh, my goodness. Um, Total, SWV, Invo. Mm. Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige. Mm. You know what I mean? Notorious B.I.G., Tupac. Mm. You know what I mean? And I mean, and and I'm gonna be honest, man. Usher, like mm-hmm. you know, Maxwell, like these these are the people who, you know, the hip, the hop. And I'm gonna be honest, um, you know, I think like I'm, when I think about it for real, for real, I gotta say this. One of my favorites was Ludacris. One of my favorites. Ludacris, was Ludacris. is hip hop. Yeah, one of my favorites was Ludacris, and. You know, we got a special guest that uh, has a good, close relationship with him as well. Oh, wow. Okay, but uh, we're not going to spill the beans. We're going to let oh, them wow. kind of tell their story a little later You're in today's show. pulling out all the stops show. for hip-hop. But, yeah, so I'm going to be honest with you. To me, I am truly a hip-hop DJ, um, and I have been in the field of radio for over 10-plus years, and mm-hmm. with this podcast and what we're doing with Good Eden Runnock Valley mm-hmm. just want to be able to kind of just expose our people, but as well as the rest of the world, you know what I mean? About the great things that's happening. And with this episode, I really wanted to make sure for any listeners of this episode to understand that hip hop is truly influential. And there are a lot of very, um, important people in the culture that has you know helped move the needle in the direction that we see the success of hip-hop at this particular time most definitely diddy no. i think is is number one that'll be one day's future uh future episode because we, we're gonna probably have to do some more of these uh type of vibes right here for, for, <laughs> might, and, and the way things are going might have to do a part two kt i know because you guys a lot of content you got a lot of content so i real. just appreciate those who took the time to be willing to be a part of this episode so actually we're not going to spend too much time giving our sponsors too quick we want you all to hear from some of the guests that we have on today's episode and we're going to jump into our first person of today that has truly been paving the way for the hip-hop culture. You got a little bit of background about this person before we jump into the interview? Well, I'm going to tell you like this. All in, all we got to do is say Cream World. Uh. And Cream and his brother um, were a group uh, under New Planet ENT. Uh-huh. And they really made a strong impact in the hip-hop culture. Uh-huh. Uh, when I was coming up on the scene back when things were popping at the skating ring. Uh-huh. And shout out to Ray Ramsey for what he does on the 
a hip hop uh, party or entertainment hip-hop. scene. You know Ray what I mean? Ramsey is hip- so, Ronald Valley hip hop gold. I was fortunate enough to get Cream on the phone, and Cream is a producer. Um, he has artists that he's worked with, and he talks about all the experiences that he has had with a lot of producers as well as art- artists in the entertainment business as it pertains to hip hop. So we're going to dive into our first interview. First interview is with homie cream. Let's go. What's going on with you cream? What's up, brother? Not much, man. I'm glad you were able to be free to be able to, be uh, interviewee for um, D-Twin Radio's uh, 50 Years of Hip Hop. And I'm glad that you had the time because you are from the Roanoke Valley and you are still working with artists in the Roanoke Valley. But it's very uh, important that I was able to get you on the line and actually interview you for today, okay? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's go. All right. Awesome. Now, I know you got a lot of knowledge and information when it comes to the culture of hip-hop, but my first question for you is, what is your definition of hip-hop? Yeah, my, my, my definition, I'm like, hip-hop has always been from the street, you know, but then it grew. So I don't have a that like, it's the culture. I mean, my definition is the culture, the clothes, um, the way you talk, the way you walk, you know what I'm saying? The way you look, like, Hip hop has been group, but it didn't grew so big from when I started. You know what I'm saying? I never thought that some of the records that's been put out as hip hop now will even be out. <laughs> that's crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? I would never thought it. Because I didn't come from the new age hip hop. First record that made me get into hip hop was Rob A. Okay. It takes, two. it takes two. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's how I got it. That's how I got over it. So where where were you at when you you heard the track and you was like, man? Man, I had to be about like 10, 11. We was in Kansas. I was living in Fort Riley, Kansas. And you know how you, you know what I mean? I learned his verse. And we did you did his verse at a talent show, and that got us into, like, especially my brother, me and Kay. That took us into, you know, actually writing our own. But we actually performed Rob Bates' record, It Takes Two. For and real? That's what we did. Yeah, we actually performed that exactly like it was, too. Was right? it like at a talent show, or what did you all do it at? Awesome. And I'm going to lead up to your that point of telling you being able to tell people about the experience with you and your brother, because I'm going to be honest, when I get to that point, I'm going to dive in a little bit because you all really made a strong impact with the hip hop culture. And and, and, but but we're going to get to that. Hold on. My next okay. question for you, and you did tell me in a sense that single, uh, It Takes Two, was a, a song that actually influenced you to actually dive into hip-hop. But, like, who influenced you to actually get into producing music? And when did you actually start taking it seriously? One, I got into producing. This is crazy. It's crazy. This is crazy. Because when we moved to the... East Coast, basically, North Carolina, Run Rapids, whatever. There was nobody, like, you had to go there, like, deep, 
D.C., New York, Atlanta to actually record a record. So, like, back then, we was recording records with, I don't know, they don't remember that. Jigga, you had a little boombox, and you get two cassette decks, and then you go get you some instrumentals from somebody else. And then I had a cashmere. Yeah, cashmere. He was like one of the only guys that made original beats. Nobody was rapping to other people's instrumentals, like everybody else. Right? So I got into it. So I got tired of trying to find original beats. So, um, I jumped up, boogied. I got into it. I was like, yo, I had three things. I wasn't, I wasn't familiar with the NPC yet. So I went and bought my first ASR team, bro. And then we started making little joints. And I was like, okay. But what it really got serious for me, I went and met E. Beats. A lot of people don't know that Wentz, he was in E. Beats is from North Carolina. He's from Greensboro. He was living in Winston at the time. Already? And I went, I went and stayed out there with him like, yo, about three to four weeks. And I got to, you know, got to be around a guy like Clark Kent. You know what I'm saying? But Ski and Clark, they basically did Jay-Z's whole first album. Dead, the, um, Dead President, I'm Feeling It. Was it the Reasonable Doubt album? Yeah, Reasonable Doubt. They did, they did 90% of the reasonable doubt album. Wow. 90%. So I got to get in the room and he sat me down, Clark sat me down. It was like, yo, you're just looping. You need to learn how to chop. So then he, I sat in it because he in his crib, he had another room. It's just an NPC and full of records. Right. And he was like, yeah, there you go. Chop him up. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I got to see stuff that a lot of people, I got to see Lucini get made, Camp Low. Man. I got to see people's talk for Jay-Z get made. Right. Yeah, I got to see that and them records get made. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, we had a group in Mount City, so, like, that was a big experience, man. And that's when I took it serious, all the way in. And how old were you? Can you say you were around this time again? I was probably, then I was probably 18, 19. Wow. Like, actually, the company, my production company, I named it that because we was actually supposed to be that, and we didn't really do it. That's where the noise boys and all that come from. We That was supposed to be it. So, like, just being around Ski and learning how, Swing your drums, just learning it the right way. Understood. So, can you say working with him specifically was the like the because I was gonna say my next question was who is that you actually really work with that you really enjoy actually creating beats and, and and growing in the industry when it comes to hip hop in this journey that you've been taking. I've been room with a lot of special guys. I know, and I like. I'm talking from yes, Ski Clark, Knife Wonder. That's all North Carolina by itself. Tell us a little bit of experience that when you had with working with Knife Wonder. Okay, well, I was, um, because Knife had, you know, a lot of people, I don't know if they know or not, but Knife is a professional of the music program at um, Central. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's over at Central. So, like, one of the guys that, it ain't a secret, everybody know that I'm really close with is Mr. Cheeks from the Lost Boys. Yeah. We have been working, but Cheeks, I got to see the Lost Tape get recorded. We was at Central, you know what I mean, working on the Lost Tape in the studio with Knife. And Knife was just, like, literally back to back. Both of them, they were going in. Cheeks did, like, eight records that weekend. Wow. So we was in there, he was just banging them back to back to back. Like, Rhapsody wasn't even around then with him. Well, she might have, but I mean, I don't know nothing about that. Understood. So yeah, but I got been the room is getting crazy. I've been in a room with Guru. I've worked with Corey Gunn, man, Lost Boys, of course, Cheeks, Akinelli, Young Buck, Little Chucky, uh, Boosie. <sighs> um, um, boy, it's still more. Yeah, oh, DJ Cool, that was dope. Man. Red Rum, oh, yeah, basically, they label deal or nothing. There's a North Carolina, almost everybody. Hot, right? Understood, man. That was, I already know, like, that's why I had to, I'm glad that you were able to be uh, one of my interviews for this episode. 
Um, now we're at the moment that I really wanted you to be able to kind of dive in a little bit more about the experience with you and your brother. I mean, because now I was young back in the day, but I remember that you all were actually thriving and in the forefront when it came to the hip hop culture and you all's making music because you all were in the, I believe if I'm not mistaken, the source or one of the magazines around the time when uh chameleon that yeah. was trying to pop off and you all was yeah. getting a better buzz than he was we was actually in the same it was a bunch of us chameleon there Nicki minaj we all was in the unsigned hype like when we, we did unsigned hype i, I don't remember because i gotta look because i'm going to look right now unsigned hype i we, i think we was in the top 10 y'all y'all was heavy hype. hitters he's in the top 10 yeah we's in the top 10 like k actually a lot of people don't know like we walked in the room. We had a record. Kay had a record called Liquor House. Okay. We did a meeting at Def Jam. This is when Jay-Z's the president. Man. Yeah, we did a meeting with Def Jam. And um, old buddy, L.A. Reed, he locked us in the office. He wouldn't let us leave. Wow. He was trying to sign us right then. But we had a better, we had two other situations. We had Desert Storm with Chao. They wanted to sign us. and But the big, the best for us was Universal. Man. Eric Nick, that's Buster Rhymes' manager. He was like, look, I want, to, I want y'all to wait till the first quarter. I don't know if everybody understand quarters, but he was like, yo, y'all wait till the first quarter. I can give y'all a real bag. We're in the fourth quarter. I, he said, the money gone. I, I, I mean, so we decided we turned down the L.A. Reed deal and we, and we turned down the Desert Storm deal because we really wanted to do the universal thing. Right. Our lawyer was pushing for it. You know what I'm saying? Our lawyer, she was like, yo, this is the one for y'all. Like, listen. So we sat and waited and if anybody understands the music business, every year, the first quarter, labels dump off, move, they change, they bring in new regimes, everything. And Eric Nix actually got fired in the first quarter. Man. You already know what that did to us. We was like, what? Yeah, so that did, that did, um, that kind of affected us real life. Like, you gotta, especially as kids, the artists, when you didn't grind that hard, you talking about 10 years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 10 years. Because that's what it really takes to make an artist. Me, K, and my dude, Memmie. We moved to New York, Staten Island. We stayed up there for about two months. You know what I mean? My guy, Jello Jones, put, shout out to Jello Jones. That's mm-hmm. my guy. He was an A&R at Columbia at the time under Tommy Matola. So us staying out there, Kay was, we especially from Monographic, North Carolina, we didn't get it. Dudes was laughing at us in, in New York City. Like, y'all sounded like us. Y'all not from here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So dealing with Jello, because Jello was with the track masters. Okay. That's when with um with Trackmasters and we was over there with Trackmasters and um was uh, uh, Red Cafe. This is when Red Cafe first signed over there. Fifty Cent went was not over there yet. Right. And we was uh, really so I gotta give Tony and Pope really changed case. They told him like Nah man do that country thing thing. You know what I'm saying? Like he's like why are you trying to rap like? And it changed him. And he made a record called I'm From the Woods, uh-huh. first record, and it changed everything. And then we started getting on it because the RZA was on his TV show called A Cypher. I know y'all remember the Cypher. Yeah. So we got on it. Kay went in and said, okay, we're going to do the Cypher. Kay and Millie went to do it. Kay actually took the whole thing. But my guy Jello was like, no, nah, we can't leave Kay on the Cypher because the Cypher actually goes city to city. And you battling dudes from city to city. Yeah. He was like, yo, he'll win as long as we stay in the North. But when we get to the South, if he lose, your your career was over back then when you did that. If you lost the battle, it was over. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. It was over. So yeah. he decided to pull K. Then you got I got to take my hat off the K. Because he kind of like, you talking about like that. He got pulled from that. He was excited. Then we went back, rebooted again, started working again. And then we actually did our first situation with a management deal with Casablanca under Tommy Matola. Man. And that's when I started. We was working with Corey Gunn, Cassie, Guru was the engineer in the room. It was it's just so much. And then it was an internet deal. But at the time, you know, just the management wanted to do something different. And then they kind of drained it. You get drained, man. Because you be doing this, a lot of people don't understand. It ain't like now. You ain't getting no money there. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Every, every, all us from back then was doing it for the, because you wanted it. You ain't getting no money then, though. Like, you wasn't. Not like they're doing now. Not like now, man. It's different now. It is different. It is way different. I understood. So, I'll be trying. I'll be trying to tell these young artists, man. Like, it's different. And it's, it's crazy they you said it. Way more avenues. I'm glad you said it because you said you be trying to tell young artists, man. I mean, I love what you are doing because right now um, you all have, uh, is it three or two artists or you have a group that you are working with? I got a group named Christy and Booney. I just picked this girl. She's from um, Lewisburg. Her name is Sasha. I mean, I mean, my, my guy, Fab. Fab manages, well, he don't manage. That's Big Molly's uncle. She signed to Otto Taylor. Okay. I mean, I, I am running around the state right now. I just did a record for Kia. Kia Kia's record's crazy. It's called Itty Bitty. That is that record is crazy. I mean, me and my team is like running around North Carolina. We walking in the room saying we leave out. We gotta hit records. Oh yeah, y'all got oh, I love it. You know I love it. <laughs> yeah. Like so it's a lot going on. Like it's just different. Like we you know, sometimes you got to catch up to it because, man, it's gorilla is different. There was no Facebook, no MySpace, no none of that. Right. It wasn't none of that when you all was grinding. It wasn't. No, it was none of that. We actually had to pull up. Now you can get your music out in like five seconds. Right. And and, and, and we had to really do it. And, and, and I'm glad you said that because, like you said, back in the day, in order to really make that hit, like y'all had to really be in the studio and, and really sit in there until it came out to be the finished yeah. product. Yeah, it wasn't no, I send my vocals to you. No, the feature was with you. <laughs> wow. You did it to be, like, y'all forgot it. It's about, um, oh, Fat Man Scoop, KK Hat Man. We had a lot of records, bro. A lot. It was a lot. Like, worked with Trina's artists at the time. But like I said, you wouldn't no email and no vocals. You had to go. Right. And now people sending vocals via email, so they ain't traveling and doing as much as you all had to do hitting the payment back in the day. To go, you literally had to go, man. We went one weekend, real time. My boy Gate left here, went to DC, picked up Gate, drove to Atlanta, got in Atlanta, stayed there three days, recorded records there, left Atlanta, drove to New York City. So you already know you're passing home. Wow. We both of all of us drove to New York City in the room, do the Corey Guns record, all of them drive back and get back to DC, go to work again, then come home. Man. That's really what it was. So let me look, because you were saying it, like what advice can you give someone who is trying to get into the industry or trying to establish themselves, whether they're artists or a producer, um, and trying to contribute to hip hop? Me personally, and I think this is gone. The first advice I'm going to give an artist and a producer, man, get and do your research. Learn about the guys before. You got to have some kind of some kind of person that inspire you. Like Michael Jackson got a saying that's crazy. He says, study the greats 
and become greater. Thanks. Literally, dig up like my favorite producer is Dr. Dre. Man. That's a major influence on me. Right. But I mean, I, that's my guy, Scott Stoyer. I'm just telling anybody, go study what someone did before you and then take that and make it your own. Right. Do your own thing with it. Like, even if you know what I mean, and that's where the gap is now. The younger generation don't respect the people. I mean, they don't respect the guys before them, but I understand why they don't. Because the guys before them, especially guys from my era, they hate their music. And I'd be like, nah, why you hate their music? Embrace it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's, that's my thing. That's my advice to say. Study the great. And then this too. If you quit, you guarantee not to, not to get it. You know what I'm saying? Understood. Like, yeah, me, personally, I don't play the lottery. I'm never going to win. I'm never going to win a lottery because I don't play it. So you got to you gotta play. Get it, study the grape. It's going to make your music better. Understood. You know what I'm invest, in your, invest in yourself. Understood. Biggest part. That's the invest biggest part. Invest in yourself. Make the music. You know what I'm saying? Invest in yourself because it's changed now. Okay. Even though you still had to invest in yourself then, too. It didn't, it's still the same thing. It oh. ain't far from it. Already, look, so... Before I let you go, I want you to tell anybody where they can find you or reach out to you. And, and, and just in case they serious about their grind, they want to get some beats and things like that, man. And tell them um, um, your artists and what you all have going on so they can be on the lookout for you all making major moves, man. You can find me, IG, Cream's World, of course. My Facebook, Cream Cash. That's where I'm at most of the time. If you serious. My phone number's in the link. It ain't that hard. Get with me. I got a group named Chrissy and Bowden. We got a record called Me and My. <clears throat> and then at the same time, like, it's what I'm talking about, working a record. We about to work that record to the fullest. So, like, you're going to hear the record because it's on the way. We're going to work the record and win. But if you're really serious, you know what I mean? Hit me up. I'm, I'm available. I want to work with everybody. Already, you know you, I want everybody. Hey, I've already played it at the station on 89.5 Gems in my mix, man. I love the track, man. Transition to the original track by Gerald Levert, you know what I mean, just to play around with it. But, um, I love the track that, um, that you all did with uh, Little Boosie as well. Yeah, actually, yeah, I did that record. Was was like that was something, honestly, my guy. My guy Ray wanted to do that record. I thought that Boosie and the girls and the girls was a bad match, but he was like, "Let's figure it out." We got in there and figured it out. Right. And it was actually dope, and his energy in the room was even. You know what I'm saying? Understood. Like, so you know, he was feeling it too because he gave us like these artists. When you do their feature, they give you a lazy verse if they don't like it. Right. You know what I'm saying? He went in. He went in. And Boosie's a yeah, he's a good dude too. Like. If he rock with you, he rock with you. He'll stand on it. Already, already. Well, look, I ain't going to hold you up too much more, bro. I just appreciate you uh, spending time with us inside of D-Twin Radio and sharing with our listening audience of your experience of pretty much being a producer as well as an artist in the hip-hop community. And as we are celebrating 50 years of hip-hop, it's only right that I had to reach out to you to kind of get your um, you know, feedback on the hip-hop culture and how you have played a role in the culture of hip-hop itself. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked. This is... This is Because you matter, vaccinate. It's allergy, cold, and flu season, and COVID-19 is still impacting our communities. 
please make sure that you are up to date on your vaccinations and boosters. Also, it is very important that you make sure that you get the flu shot. And don't forget about the kids because kids ages of six months and older are eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine and booster doses. Also, make sure that they get all of their routine vaccinations. Don't forget to make sure that you wear your mask, wash your hands, and watch for social distance. This public service announcement is being brought to you by the Roanoke Valley Breast Cancer Coalition's Partnering for Vaccine Equity Project, funded by the CDC Foundation. This is we jumping right back in there. No, we jumping right back in there. We got our up uh, this interview that's coming up. Um, you let me sit in on this interview, and I couldn't have been more honored. Yeah, it's um, super dope. Like, but I'm gonna be honest. Shout out to Cream because if it was not for Cream, I would not been able to get connected with. Our next That's guest. Right. Like That's we did. Right. So tell everybody what's, what's going down, on KTZ. We got an interview with the one and only DJ Koo. Oh, yeah. I got that feeling. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That funky feeling. DJ Cool is in the house and we ready to rock. Come on, come uh, on, come uh, on, come uh, on. I got that feeling. Mm, hey, mm. that funky feeling. DJ Cool is in the house and we ready to run. I'm mm. so excited for the people to hear that Matter interview. Matter of fact, we're going to jump right to the call going right about now. Woo! Hello? Uh, how you doing, um, DJ Cool? Yes, how you doing? All right, um, yeah, this is D-Twin, man. I'm I'm glad to be able to have an opportunity to talk with you uh, at this time. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. First off, start off, I'm a big fan. I'm a big, big fan. So Thank you. I appreciate it. So just to even talk with you right now is truly a blessing from God. But uh, today, <laughs> um, and, and I want you to know I have a young lady by the name of Kayla. She's a co-host with me on my podcast. But, you know, we just, like I said, it's just out, it's just wild. But we're going to dive into these questions because we know that you are uh, truly a pillar when it comes to hip-hop and the culture and your influence um, in the world when it comes to hip-hop. And we want to know, uh, first off, like, what is your definition of hip-hop? I mean... Music that was made within the culture. I mean, this is grassroots music. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of us grew up listening to the music of the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. So let's just talk about, I don't know, maybe like 80s music or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, songs like Rapper's Delight. I mean, that was... Well, Actually, 70s music. That was actually disco music that they were replaying. That was chic, good times. Yeah. Okay? So that comes from the disco era and whatnot. Um, but that was music that was created 
uh, grassroots. Awesome. You know, black yeah. folks, Puerto Rican folks, Jamaicans had some influence, still black folks, but you know what I mean? Yeah. That has something to do with creating that music. So yeah, and then I'm from Washington, D.C., so, you know, my background is hip-hop and go-go. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I see, man, you, uh, and it says pretty much, honestly, and I was going to dive into it, uh, because, like, I wanted to really just get your, like you pretty much been doing your uh, opinion on how hip hop developed because you, like I said, you watched it. And if I'm not mistaken, um, talking with Cream yesterday, you, you, 47 years in the game. 45. 45. 45 so far. Yep. 45. Okay. Started in 77 as a mobile DJ. I became a club DJ in 1979. I became a recording artist in 1986. I had a song called The Music Ain't Loud Enough. I was the first hip hop artist here to have a record to chart. Okay. As far as Billboard is concerned, when Music Ain't Loud Enough in 1986. Yes, so. Sir record uh went regional and then slowly but surely uh national yes and everyone and i said you know i even said it in the uh like everybody knows about your 1996 single let me clear my throat thank god yes indeed <laughs> 1996 so that's 10 years later uh had a bunch of records to hit the charts before Clear My Throat, but nothing as big as Clear My Throat, and that's because of the machine that that record uh, wound up in uh, with uh, American Records, with Rick Rubin and American Records, but it actually started off on an independent label called CLR Records, which was um, uh, headed up by a guy named Dave Janis out of Baltimore, Maryland, but okay. the record it was picking up so much steam Rick Rubin and them heard, and they were like, man, that record needs to be over here with us. And so people, uh, they may not know who Rick Rubin is. Rick Rubin comes from uh, his days with Russell Simmons at Def Jam. Man, I mean, it was awesome. It top, it, I hit the uh, top 40 at the Billboard Hot 100 and uh, top 10 in UK and the Netherlands in March of 1997 as well. Yeah, we also, I was told the other day that we hit, I think it was number eight on the pop charts, on the top 100 pop charts or something like that. Uh, after I signed to American, we went gold in two months Man. after I signed to American. A um, uh, bunch of things. We, we we actually hit the pop charts, and I think in six weeks it crossed over pop. Man. And so definitely one of the first to have a pop record in hip hop from here in in '96. Awesome, man! You like I said, phenomenal, phenomenal. Because the song hit to this day. Thank God. Yes. Thank God. You know Thank what I mean? God. I DJ Koo, this is KTZ, and I am a Twins co-host on this podcast. And just your that unique cultivation of hip-hop and go-go because I got that feeling is like my jam. Like, I cannot <laughs> t 
take it. Like when it come on, oh my God, uh-huh. I just go crazy. And like, so the last, just to give you a little perspective, just from my perspective of how important you are to hip hop. So the last um, CIAA party that was in Charlotte, um, the last day party right before COVID mm-hmm. hit, you had the yes, day indeed. you did the day party and yep. I was in that party. And let me tell you something, it's still one of the best parties I have been to in my life. Right. I was there. Hey, listen, I was there. I'm going to tell you. It was absolutely crazy. You brought Avon out. Like it was, it was. And when I got that, I think I got that feel. I think you played that song for like 10 minutes. I think it rocked for like 10 (laughs) minutes. Like, yo, I feel like that. I don't play that that long. I I use that as a, like we were just like (laughs) in there. Like (laughs) it was amazing. And so that's just a little bit of perspective. But how do you, I mean, how do you, like you said, thank God, like it just, you know, slapped the way it did because that smooth blend of hip hop and go-go, like it's, it is nothing like that. Right. And, and the fact that you made that a song, like, uh, like actually you're a DJ that put out an original, like a song that you made, like. Just how, you know, how does that, like, play into the whole vibe of being a DJ and music that fits together and how you fit in, you know, just how you approach and making a party live? Um, I've always been a DJ slash MC. And uh, I got that concept from my mentor that was a popular club DJ uh, here in D.C. in the 70s. His name is Maniac McLeod, who Mm -hmm. is still alive. He's not DJing anymore. He stopped DJing years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, But I actually got the concept of that from him. Okay. Um, I've been around long enough to have been here uh, around the inception of hip-hop, which was in New York, but also in the beginning stages of Go-Go, which is here in D.C. So I've always been that, that guy that that has, you know, one foot in each culture. Yeah. You know, you know half all of me is hip-hop and half of me is Go-Go. <laughs> I'm sorry? You know, all 50 years of hip-hop, period. Like, Yeah, I'm, I've always had my foot, you know, one, one, one on one side and one on the other. And that's because, first and foremost, I'm a DJ but I'm a DJ from Washington, D.C., Southeast Washington, D.C., to be exact. Um, so my whole thing, when I became a DJ uh, from the very, very beginning, my whole thing was I want to use DJing as a stepping stone to becoming an artist. And that's what I did. And, and uh, just like I said, I started in 77, uh, uh, became a club DJ in 79, became an artist in 86. Had a record somewhere on the Billboard charts from 86 all the way up to 96 when y'all heard Clear My Throat. But let's go back to 1994 when I had the song 20-Minute Workout, mm-hmm. which was that, uh, 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 hold up, wait yeah. a minute. That's, that beat was uh, from the record done by Dougie Fresh, I'm Getting Ready, which was produced by Rare Essence. That was one of our pioneering go-go groups here. Yes, sir. The Mm -hmm. song that you spoke about, uh, I Got That Feeling, Mm -hmm. I used the exact 
same track that I use as far as the vocal part of this concern from yes. 20 Minute Workout, but I took the sample from Naughty by Nature Uptown yes, Anthem. Yes, I, I saw put that. Put that on yes. top and recorded it live. As a matter of fact, I started doing the live recordings in 1994 with 20 Minute Workout. So the next live recording was I Got That Feeling. The next live recording was Let Me Clear My Throat. And so, um, yeah, I've been doing this hip hop vocal thing from the beginning. Yeah. And see, so tell us a little bit about what inspired you to uh, create Reggae Dan. Yes. Yeah, that was my uh, approach at answering what was going on in D.C. at that time when people were starting to get on reggae real hard around here, when people were listening to artists like uh, Shaba Ranks and Super Cat and Cuddy Ranks and, you know, all of these records. Uh, 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 reggae is very big here in the D.C. area because you have uh, a lot of people here from the Caribbean. You know what I mean? D.C. is a melting pot. Uh, just like, let's say, New York or, I don't know, maybe even L.A. Not as big as New York, but there is uh, uh, a, pretty, a pretty wide array or um, I'm trying to find the right word uh, to choose right now, but uh, a lot of different people here from a lot of different places, uh, for lack of a better term. Understood. You know what I mean? And so, uh, yeah, you have a lot of people here from the Caribbean. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so reggae started popping off around here probably like, mm, I would say late 80s or what have you. And so that was my answer to that. You know what I'm saying? Reggae okay. dance. Okay. Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah, so... All right, so now with you being a veteran in the game as a DJ, like what advice could you give someone who is trying to be in the culture of becoming a DJ? I think you need to become a student of the game, right? I was I was having this I was at a music conference just this past weekend. And uh, a young lady came up to me and, 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 and asked me a similar question. And so one of the things I said was, you know, just make yourself a student of the game. I mean, you really got to study the greats and whatnot. I mean, you know, I know it's going to sound real cliche, but this is the truth. You got to study the greats if you want to be great. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, Kobe studied Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan studied Dr. J and, you know, and on and on like that. LeBron James study Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you got to study the greats to be great. Um, I think uh, you need to study the music. If you want to be a well-rounded DJ, you got to study music from the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, all the way up to now. Right. You need to get into different genres of music. It's like you need to open your ears wide open to everything. You need to try to learn music from a technical aspect as far as music structure is concerned. Learn things like how many beats are there in a bar of music and, you know, and just different technical things like that. So you want to get yourself to the point to where you can actually teach. Okay. Right. So if somebody, if you did something and somebody came up to you and said, man, how you do that? Then you'd be able to say, well, I did it like this. So-and-so, 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 because I've always thought that if you couldn't 
teach somebody what you're doing and you don't really know what you're doing. You're just mimicking what you saw. You don't really know what you're doing. You're just doing it. You know what I mean? Right. But if, but if I can actually sit down and teach you, you know, step by step what I've done and how I'm doing it and why I'm doing it the way that I'm doing it, then I know exactly what I'm talking about. I think from the, from a business perspective, once you get to that level, especially if you, uh, uh, decide to become an artist, um, you need to have a good business manager and a good entertainment lawyer, a business manager and an entertainment lawyer, not a criminal justice lawyer or any other type of lawyer. This has to be somebody that's well versed in the music industry. So when it's time for you to be presented with any sort of uh, contracts or anything like that, your team your business manager and your entertainment lawyer who's going to be right there, they should be able to read that contract to you and explain it to you in layman's terms. I understand. You know, all these people out here trying to be what they call momagers and all that kind of stuff, those people ain't doing you no good because nine times out of ten, unless they are well-versed in music industry contracts and stuff like that, okay, then that's cool. You know, they know what they're looking at. But if not, then you're going to put yourself in a position to where, you know, somebody's going to sign uh, some agreement and uh, you're going to wind up signing your whole life away. Mm. And you can't be mad at nobody but yourself. Right. Because you let somebody handle your business that doesn't know anything about the business. I think on the spiritual side of things, and I always speak on this, Whoever you presume the creator to be, you need to put that entity first in your life because this business that we're in is a very, very cutthroat business. The music industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. And anytime that you involve yourself in situations like that, you're dealing with a whole lot of dishonest people. And they only got one agenda. They're trying to get as much money as they can get. Understood. And if you happen to be that quote-unquote cash cow, then they're going to milk you dry. Right. And then, you know, uh, I don't know, I guess it's like, uh, I heard KRS one say this one time, say the music industry is a pimping hoe situation. As long as you're making money for the label, you're the number one hoe. Mm. As soon as you stop making money for the label, they're going to drop you and move on to the next hoe. Right. So you want to you wanna try and make sure that you got your spiritual base intact. You want to try to make sure that you are surrounding yourself with like-minded people, people that care about you as a person, as opposed to just, you know, some, some money-making uh, 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 thing, for lack of a better term. Understood, uh, understood. Uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, all right, um... And like I said, I, I'm not going to hold you long. I want to just say what um, holistically, you know, when you look at your whole experience in this journey, you know, because I'm a person I, and like I hear you talking about making sure you got your faith based right stuff like like because a lot of people, you know, they try to not trust in what they grew up in. A lot of us grew up having different faith or spiritual beliefs and things of that nature, but 
did you expect all of this to unfold the way it did or tell me how, you know, like now at this point when you look back at it all, like how does it feel? And even like I said, I'm blessed to even talk with you, me and Kayla, as we are sharing this uh, episode about 50 years of hip hop and you and your contributions uh, to music as a whole. How do I feel about it? Like yeah. within myself? Is that what you're um, me personally, I feel good because I never did what 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 the young ones nowadays call selling their soul. Yeah, which which technically you can't do, but that's another whole uh, topic of discussion. But anyway, I understand. Um, I never I never did that. I tried to make sure, and I continue to make sure that. I move with integrity, you know? Yes. Uh, you can speak to people from now to King Come, and you will never hear nobody tell you, well, man, you know, DJ Cool tried to do this to me, or DJ Cool tried to take this from me, or blah, blah, blah. You'll never, ever hear that about me. Right. I don't have that in me, because I have a conscience, and I have a very high moral compass. You know what I mean? Yeah. I couldn't do some of the stuff that you hear a lot of these people doing and, 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 and participate in a lot of these things that a lot of these people participate in. I could not do it. I would, I, I, I would shame myself, my family, my mother, my father, and, and my whole upbringing. Understood. You know what I mean? If I did that. So I just, that's something that you ain't got to worry about, as, as, as they would say <laughs> in the South. You know what I mean? All right. Um, just try to move with integrity, man. Understood. Understood. So, other than that, DJ Cool, we got to make sure that, you know, you plug in, you know, any information that you want our listeners to know about whether, you know, follow you on social media or your website or anything like that. Hey, I know just in case they want to get you for booking or anything like that, plug that information before we let you go, um, if you don't mind. Okay, my social media on uh, Instagram and Facebook is at legendary DJ cool. And that's cool. Spelled with a K at legendary DJ cool DC on, on, uh, Instagram and Facebook, uh, for anybody that would like to book me for DJ engagements or, uh, live performances. You can reach Walt W A L T junior at big block entertainment. Two, one, five, five, one, seven, seven, eight, eight, one. That's, Two one five five one seven seven eight eight one Monday through Friday, uh, twelve noon to seven p.m. Um, I do a broadcast on a platform called Bogo TV Live. Uh, shout out to Nico Hobson, and um, I do that every Tuesday at seven p.m. from seven to nine, and you can see that through Facebook and Twitch. And I'm playing nothing but 80s and 90s go-go. Awesome. Awesome. Listen, thank you again, DJ Cool, for your time. God bless you and continue the great works that you do. But um, we truly appreciate you being a guest on our podcast. Because you matter, vaccinate. It's allergy, cold, and flu season, and COVID-19 is still impacting our communities. 
please make sure that you are up to date on your vaccinations and boosters. Also, it is very important that you make sure that you get the flu shot. And don't forget about the kids because kids ages of six months and older are eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine and booster doses. Also, make sure that they get all of their routine vaccinations. Don't forget to make sure that you wear your mask, wash your hands, and watch for social distance. This public service announcement is being brought to you by the Roanoke Valley Breast Cancer Coalition's Partnering for Vaccine Equity Project, funded by the CDC Foundation. What's going on, trans? Hold on, let me get you right. But I'm I'm glad that I have you um, on the line because I'm doing an episode uh, celebrating 50 years of hip hop and the culture. Okay. And okay. with you, actually, overall, how many years have you been DJing? Well, sure, I've been DJing like almost 37, 37 years See, now. I mean, 37. So, you know. See, that's dope. See, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and, um, yeah. and honestly, you are my last interviewee to send us out for the show, but I'm glad that I'm able to talk with you because here in the Roanoke Valley and E-Town and through uh, Virginia, uh, you are known as the Throwback King, DJ Trans. Right, right. Okay, but one of the main questions that I ask everyone is, mm -hmm. What is your definition of hip-hop? Well, hip-hop means a lot of things to me. You know, hip-hop is African-American culture. You know what I'm saying? When we think about um, hip-hop, not only has it done a lot for African-American culture, it's done a lot for everybody in right. all, you know, genres of music. So um, I just feel like hip-hop is so important to the world that we live in, you know, every day, you know, um, so many facets of hip-hop. You know, whether you got your, your DJ, you know, your rappers, you know, your your dress. So it's, it's, to me, it's, it's, it's everything when it comes to music. It has it has gotten into all avenues of, of uh, mainstream music from country, top 40, you know, it's I'm, everywhere. So, I'm, you know, I just did. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a big thing to me because uh, it's so much of what I, you know, it, it, it's really helped me be a, a creative DJ, um, being that I can still play hip hop now, um, old school or new school. You know, so I appreciate the new school is just just as well as the old school. Understood. You know? And um, so yeah, I'm so. glad you said that because see, you being the throwback king, you've seen the development of hip hop come about and. Right. Uh, I've had the liberty of interviewing uh, DJ Cool, and he talked about his experience about being in D.C. and the influence of go-go, but also disco music playing a role in the transition into the discovery of hip-hop. Right, exactly, right. Because, well, you know, if you think about it, um, with the origin of a nation of, of rap, you know, it, it originated back in the 70s, early 70s mm -hmm. in New York, you know, and it really wasn't um, definitely, it didn't have a definition call. It wasn't even really called rap back then, you know? So 
it was just the DJs, you know, that were actually going out in the park and playing breakbeats, you know, right. or, you know, they were playing some funk music or even some jazz music. So, and they were, they were isolating pretty much, uh, different parts of the track of, right. of the song and, right. and they were making, they were extending it. So, you know, it, it's, uh, back then it really wasn't called rap, you know, until, you know, some years later. So, uh, so it came from, you know, like me being a DJ, um, I appreciate what the early DJs, um, did as far as, um, pioneering, the break beats and you know the funk breaks and all that. And I'm glad you said it, it. It made me be appreciative for every little song that I hear. You know, even back then, because I I was one of those cats that <clears throat> I had cousins that lived up in New York. They lived up in the Bronx, and I used to go up there every summer. Mm-hmm. My mom used to take us up there, and we used to spend two and three weeks up there. So uh, that was my you know, introduction to hip hop back in the seventies, you know. Awesome. So, uh, so I was introduced to a lot of good DJs back then. I used to hear them on the radio as well as my cousin used to take me out to the park with him, you know, yeah. and you know, you had DJs out there, you know, cutting, you know, and they were cutting back and forth records on belt drive turntables. They didn't even have direct drive turntables back then. So, you know, these DJs were <laughs> real I mean, creative, you and, know. And you're right, you know, because when you said, I mean, the evolution of DJing, you know, is truly a, a display of intelligence and creativity. Right. Um, and, and like you were saying, with the breaks from old disco songs being extended, uh, mm-hmm. DJs knew that those breaks in those songs were very important for people to be mm-hmm. able to jam and vibe to, to know that it's, you know, when you juggled it and right. be able to get mm-hmm. ready to go to the next verse of that song, extending that bridge and that break, you know, let people That's dance right. around and really party a little bit right. before That's they right. actually got to singing the words again. And the MC that gave, you know, if you had a real good MC back then, the MC was almost like a rapper back then. You know? Okay. But they weren't called rappers, they were called MCs. So what they did is they pretty much energized the crowd, you know, while the DJ was was, like you said, taking those certain sections of of those uh, that that music and mm-hmm. pretty much uh, breaking it down. So um so that's where pretty much if you had a good MC, you know, he could pretty much, um, in between like different sets, you know, he can pretty much MC and hype the crowd up even more. So, um, so it was a combination, you know, the DJ first, you know, cutting the breaks, and then it was the MC pretty much keeping the crowd in a jab, you know. Understood. So, uh, and I'm glad you said yeah. it because also mm-hmm. it not only because see you said the element of the DJ, but also the introduction of the MC, which helped birth the understanding of a rap or, you know, hip hop artist. But I I also, um, sat back and I thought about the fact of, since you were, we were talking about the break of the song that it also introduced break dancing. That's right. That's right. The break dancing was very important, you know, because, uh, you know, 
that was part of the hip hop culture back then. So if you went to a park, you know, you definitely saw breakdance, you know, um, you know, and you had, you know, a lot of Hispanics back then, you know, they were breakdancing, um, and as well as, you know, uh, uh, black people also, you know, you know awesome. I, I don't want to, I don't want to section anybody out, but right. You know, but but I mean, but we, and I said, right. it, I, I said it before, you know, we honestly, the African-American community helped kind of elevate pretty much for the most part and introduce the world to hip hop, but every aspect of hip hop. That's right. That's right. Because these yeah, were the things, important. you know, and like I said, like you said, these were the things that were happening in the jute joints in the private little spots before mm-hmm. we start mm-hmm. coming out to the streets and the parks and all of that and displaying right. this for the rest of the world. So right. I know that, you know, with you being the throwback king, and especially now when we talk about the aspect of the art of DJing, you know, now I, I want to ask you this, because this is where we really dive in a little bit more as of your story. Now, now who actually influenced you to actually want to get two turntables in a mixer and become a DJ? Well, <clears throat> you know, uh, growing up over here in E-Town, you know, I had a lot of DJ influence around me, you know. Um, you know, uh, one of the guys that really, really influenced me uh, was the doctor. Um and that's uh, his name is Jerry Smith. Mm-hmm. You know, he called himself the Doc. Um, he really, really introduced me to uh, to DJing. You know, and also uh, I have one other brother. His name is uh, Floyd McDowell. You know, uh, the TMD. You know, he uh, he also introduced me to uh, the turntables. You know, um, so uh, and the art of DJing. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, he kind of introduced both of those guys were real influential and um, me being who I am today, you know. Understood. Um, so, how, uh, how old those two guys, um, I was, when I first started DJing, I, I've been into music pretty much all my life mm-hmm. because I played drums through high school and, you know, I my father was a musician. So I was always a drummer, you know. But, uh, as far as actually spinning on the turntables, like I said, uh, uh, Tony McDowell, uh, TMD, and also Jerry Smith, the doctor, they were the two that really influenced me as far as the technique of uh, DJing, you know. Um, but as, as far as being around music, I'm, you know, music pretty much is my, my life, you know, because I've always been around uh, music, and that's what I've done. So uh, it wasn't easy for me to pick up DJing because, like you said, you know, and I think you already know too because you, you, you're, you know, you got a music background, so um, you know it's not very hard to pick up. You know, once you your timing and your and you really know your beats, you know, right. um, you get that down pat. You know, pretty much, you know, and practice uh, makes you better. So, uh, but you know, once you got music in your blood, you can you can branch off into different avenues. And my avenue was DJing. You know, so understood. You know, you know. So, so look, but you ain't tell me the age, what age was. What age were you when you really? Uh, when you, when so, you had, so when I really started DJing, as far as DJing, 
I was probably around 20, about 20 years old, 20, okay. 21. What was yeah. your first yeah, gig? I think I, was, think I was 21. Um, my first gig was some house gigs. You know, I did, uh, <laughs> I was playing at little, little juke joints around here, little, little, you know, places around here in Emporia. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my first, you know, like, like parties for people in the neighborhood and, you know, little house parties and stuff. So, and I was bringing, I was, didn't even really have any, uh, real, real DJ equipment at the time. I was just using some Sern Vega house speakers and, uh, a couple of belt drive ter- uh, techniques, turntables, okay, and a mixer. So, uh, so yeah, I really didn't have a lot of a uh, lot of equipment back then. But uh, you know, um, back then we pretty much was uh, kind of on the small level. You know, I wasn't really in the clubs or anything. I was just doing the house parties and stuff back then at that time. So, I understood. Uh, so, my next question is: At like, when did you really like knew? when you wanted to take it serious was it at 20 or you know after you got a couple yeah. more uh, or so at- yeah yeah i think i think at 21 you know once i got some practice in and i you know was really getting good with these house parties and my name was getting out there mm-hmm. um i knew i wanted to take it on a bigger level you know so i started buying uh more serious dj equipment at the time you know i i really uh stepped my game up as far as the quality of what uh, quality of the DJ equipment I had, so I knew I had to step it up to be able to uh, perform for a bigger audience. Understood. So, you know, so along with the DJ equipment, I stepped up my practice. You know, too, you know? So you know, I was in the lab, man. I used to stay up all night. You know, <laughs> you man. know, stay up like from ten o'clock to probably sometime four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. Dope. So just DJing, you know. Trying to perfect the craft, and, uh, though. And, you know, back then, we had a lot of record crates. So I had a room full of records, man, you know, everywhere. <laughs> so it just was, you know, things are more digital now. So, but, uh, yeah, but so I knew at that time, at 21, I really wanted to step my game up. So that's what pretty much, that's when it took off. Okay. Um, okay. So my next question I want to ask you, um, you know, when you started taking DJing seriously and, you know, let's say you're getting your gigs and things happening, but let's mm-hmm. say where, where did you actually find inspiration in the journey of, cause you say what, 35 years now you've been DJing? Yeah. 30, 36 years. 36 yeah. years. Like yeah. where do you find your inspiration? Almost, almost 37. Yeah. See? Yeah. Yeah. So, where do you find your inspiration to kind of keep you motivated and things like that when it comes to uh, continuing mm-hmm. the, the art of DJing? Mm-hmm. So, even now, um, you know, I still have a fire for DJing because I like to see one. One of my inspirations is I like to see people have a good time. Right. You know? um, I also like to see uh, be creative. The one thing is, you know, with with DJing, you know. If you're not creative with it, you're going to get stagnated. Right. So, one thing that keeps me up is the new artist. You know, I got to stay up with my music because, hey, you know, you know, I'm at a party and somebody might say, "Trans, do you have this?" And I might say, "No, I don't have it." So I do. I've got to stay, you know, up on my game. So that's one thing that motivates me. You know, okay. um, to stay in tune with what's going on now, even though I might not always play. 
everything that I might download, but I, you know, I have to stay up on it. And I have to practice. Right. Sometimes you never know when you have to pull that out and say, you know, I got to play this. You know, even though you don't like, you know, you still got to play it for your crowd. And that's part of satisfying your crowd, you know, people. So um, just like for a, lot, a long time, a lot of people didn't like Southern Soul. You know, right. it was one of those things where, you know, if you play too much Southern Soul, you're going to get ran out. But now, but now you have to have a certain amount of Southern soul just to even, you know, um, be at the party and playing at the party. Because if you don't have any Southern soul, you know, they're going to run you up out of there. They're going to run you up out of there. So, and, and, and look, I was going to say, especially, and, you, and it's funny, we talking about that. So it seems like right now, especially with us being in the South, it is very, very, very popular here in the South that Southern Soul is being played pretty much at every family reunion, cookout, every get-together right. now at this particular time. And Southern Soul artists are coming out with more music. That's right. And you've got DJs that were born and bred in, in New York, you know, that are moving down to the Carolinas and Virginia areas. Mm -hmm. They are, you know... Uh, actually putting it into their rotation, you know what I'm saying? Because they know that when they play, you know, in these areas, they've got to have it, you know? So right. for a long time, I said I wasn't going to play it, you know, but now you got to play it. Listen, so, uh, you, uh, you took the words out of my mouth. I was not as a big as a fan of Southern Soul, but I've grown to enjoy some right. of the songs. Um, but exactly. I know, and, and like you said, uh, Trans, I know when I DJ a gig now, I got to have at least 30 minutes to an hour of Southern Soul if there I'm doing a four-hour set. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so, so that's what, you know, the in, in, intriguingness of just knowing that you got to keep up on different um, genres of your library. It kind of, that's what kind of makes me you know, gives me the drive too. You know, to stay at it. So, I'm like, well, I can't let nobody say I don't have Southern Soul. You know, I got to stay up on it. So, you know, right? I mean, you know, you, you just that just gives me a, 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 a more of a drive to to say, uh, you know, to even practice with it more because, uh, you know, I try to stay up on all genres of music. Mm -hmm. You know, but uh, but yeah, yeah, that 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 kind of gives me a drive, and also, like you said. Um, wanting to see people have a good time, you know. Right. Because um, we've got so many parties we do now, um, They sometimes they can turn out in a good fashion or a bad fashion. Right. You know, and uh, it's all about how you also sometimes um, articulate how you play your right. music and, and uh, come across. Because if you um, are playing uh, just to a certain a group of people in there. Uh, if you if you don't know how to calm it down, sometimes you can kind of get them too rowdy, right? Okay, you know because you know you don't know what frame of mind people come in in a party, you know. With so if you amp them up too much, then sometimes you know you can you can you can create a situation that you know you really want don't want to be in. So um, we have to be the ones that are the pilots, you know, of uh, of what we do. Pilots of the party. party. Yeah, yeah. 
was. But yeah, yeah, the fire is still here, man. After 37 years, I still got in the... I just, uh, like I said, it's, it's music that pretty much gives me that fire, you know. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Now, let me ask you another question, um, Trans, because this is uh, something that I've always pondered. Like, who stamped you? Who gave you the official name of being the throwback king? Well, um, I, it's kind of hard to say. You know, I think um, really by doing the 12 o'clock throwback, and, um, you know, kind of, it was kind of a, a, a CJ type thing, you know, okay. or, you know, CJ Riddick, mm-hmm. uh, program director, you know, when he started naming the show, the 12 o'clock throwback, as, uh, that's when I kind of gave myself the name. I said, you know, well, I'll be DJ trans, the throwback king, you know? Awesome. Um, and also it was my man, um, Trisvan, uh, Matthew Trisvan, um, and, uh, he also kind of gave me that name. He kind of stamped that name on me. What so, year was it? Uh, that was back in, I want to say 2005. Okay. Something like that, 2005, 2006. Awesome, awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. But I've always been DJ Trans because of my last name. You know, Transu is, is my last name. So, in high school, you know, they I, gave me that nickname. Nobody wanted to say Transu. They just wanted to say Trans. Understood. So that's, <laughs> That's how I got the name DJ Tran. Yeah. <laughs> also, look, so Trans, yeah, go ahead. You about to say, you say something else? No, no, you can go ahead and talk. Uh, yeah. Okay, so, yeah. so, all right, so 2005, you got the name, the throwback king, DJ Trans. Now, I want to ask you this. I got two more questions. One last question. One question is, who is the biggest person that you can say you actually been on stage with as it pertains to the hip hop culture? Well, I've been on stage my, my and one of my biggest uh, influences. I also want to say too, um, is DJ kid Capri. Awesome. Know? And I've been on stage with him uh, back in 96, 97. So on stage with him two times. Wow. Um, Where were you at? So uh, one time I was at Edwards beach. You know, nope. and the other time I was at, at the uh, club, the Zodiac Club, with it. So, uh, wow. so yeah, so I was with him two times, and uh, he let me open up. You know, I opened up before he came on. You know, dope. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think I, I think I did a pretty good job. Nobody, nobody uh, <laughs> really said I didn't do too bad that time. So I, I think I did pretty good. <laughs> no, you was nervous opening up for Kid Capri. Uh, Oh yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, Kid Capri is 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 the is the the the, the, the mixed DJ king, man. Yeah. You know, so you know, I I uh I I really you know was nervous, but I enjoyed it too. You know, and uh, you know, so yeah, so I was, I was, that was that was a proud moment. You know, awesome um, when I opened up for him. Okay, all right. So my last question for you, trans man. All right, for any new upcoming people, whether it's male, female, that's considering being a hip-hop DJ, what advice would you give them um, of getting started and making their mark and pursuing this culture in the hip-hop community? Well, for any hip-hop or up-and-coming, aspiring DJ, I would say just be serious about it. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, 
if it's rapping or even if it's DJing, take it seriously. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, um, don't just let it be something that you, you know, um, you start and don't finish, you know. Um, if you're going to, if you're going to be successful at anything, you're going to have to put it in practice and hard work. So that's, that's what, that's the number one thing is, is practice. Yeah. Um, um, also, um, value what you do, you know, um, don't go in half stepping, you know, if you want to, uh, start DJing and you want to do parties or whatever, um, lay your foundation down, make sure you have the, the right equipment, you know, to go out there and do the job. Um, you know, um, also, um, with DJs, you know, you got to build your library. So, um, make sure your library is right. You know, make sure you, you have all, you know, different genres of music because, you know, you never know what you may be called on to do, you know? Right. So, and, and for what, what type of, the, of, of occasions that you may be doing it for. So just stay, you know, stay, you know, keep, get your foundation right, stay focused, practice, and, uh, Definitely learn your music. Now, Trans, I'm going to get ready to let you go. But before you go, you got to make sure where peop, um, people know where to follow you on social media or um, be on the lookout for any events and things of that nature that you got coming up. Okay, yeah. Um, you can you, pretty much you, you can reach me uh, on my IG at uh, Trans uh, Make Her Dance. Uh, so I'm pretty much on that. And, uh, and pretty much... Uh, uh, I had the capital party I just did the other night, you know, so uh, got some up and coming things to do over here on the Virginia side. But uh, right now, y'all just stay tuned. You might see something on IG pop pop across, and uh, I'll give you more information then. But uh, basically, that's it right now, my brother. Already. Well, look, Trans, I appreciate you for your time. And ladies and gentlemen, we are glad to have you all here. And tell a friend to tell a friend to tune in next time, too. We getting up out of here. I appreciate you again, Trans. All right, my brother. Take care. All right. Peace. All right. All right, man. It was just truly a honor and a privilege to be able to talk about his contributions to the celebration of 50 years. You had a lot of great interviews on this episode. I mean, just the way you put together the people that you selected to even interview, um, it speaks a lot about you wanting to cultivate yourself as a DJ and what that specifically means in hip hop, because you know, DJs get the party going. So I'm, I'm really glad to have been a part of of this episode. Absolutely. For sure. Man, I'm going to be honest with you, KTZ. I just thank God because, you know, holistically, I talked about it. I kept talking about it for a while. You did. It's um, like, I'm doing my 50th hip-hop anniversary episode you and, said I, it. and i just like I, at first i didn't have an idea of how it was all gonna come together but i just talked about it with god and then i'm gonna be honest with you um i got up one day and i was like okay um me and cream had talked about uh the record mm-hmm. from him and the artist they 
he currently is working with. And, you know, I told him I'll spin it in my mix. And after that, we start talking about the episode. I'm planning on doing the episode. And then I said, I'll let him know if I'm getting on. He's like, bet. So next day, I just got up. It was, that's how I was actually. I got up. Um, and I said, let me ask him, do he want to be uh, or able to interview on the actual episode? Because I would like to get his experience because I know him and his brother, like, really were doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And with him being in the Rona Valley, you know what I mean, and making an impact, I wanted to kind of start with somebody from the area. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and even though they weren't originally born here and things like that, but he, he has been here long enough that we know him prominent in the Rona Valley mm-hmm. and his brother. And I kicked it off with him. And like I said, he was able to connect me with DJ Cool and... It was really nice for me to really line the show up. I, I kind of felt like for real, for real. God definitely orchestrated. And this ain't it. That was said we're gonna have to do a part two to to to, to some, celebrate. It's some, yeah, it's some it's some people that I I, I haven't had a chance to connect with, but I, I, I might hope be doing to, this all year. To be able to um yeah, now that'll be super dope. Um to be able to connect with also get them to be able to either call in or we do some type of uh Zoom or whatever the case may be. So that way we can be able to actually uh, get their uh, history um, while they are still here mm-hmm. about the journey of hip-hop that they had taken uh, and still is taking every day as they are contributing still to the culture of hip-hop. So it's just so dope. Like I said, I'm just glad to be a student of this and learning from teachers and you know people who've done it before me and still actively in it. It's just an amazing feeling. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm blessed to be here. Already. So, um, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, um, I don't really think I need to say too much more to you all, except for we know that hip hop is our culture, and the one thing about it is we must be very mindful that we don't have to. Give it a negative swing or deal with all the no, negative aspects of it because there's the people that you've heard on today um, pretty much are people who has no involvement with any a negative, positive influence. Yeah, they have a positive influence, not a negative influence on the culture when it comes to hip hop. So more in store, ladies and gentlemen. But like I say, I appreciate y'all vibe with us on celebrating 50 years of hip hop here inside of the Twin Radio. Um, we good to go, KT? I'm good to go. All right. Well, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, you look, y'all be blessed. And tell a friend to tell a friend. Tell them tap in. This is B-B-Twin Radio. Holla, y'all. We gone. Peace.